The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Sports America, are you ready for some football? Welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams and my co-host, Jacob Greer, on the Voice America Sports Network. To join the show, you can call in at 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at LemontWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com. Jacob, how's your week going so far? Well, so far so good, a little tired, uh, but hey, man, so far so good. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. I had an awesome, uh, awesome past weekend, man, I had an opportunity do some things, and, and there's a lot of sports going on. So let's go ahead and get the show started. Today on the show, we'll talk a little Houston Rockets playoff game four and five. Uh, play my interview from last week with former te- uh, Houston Texans DN, Indy Kalou. Uh, recap this past weekend, 2009 NFL draft, as well as talk about the Houston Texans 2009 draft picks. But first, Jacob, let's go around the league with last week headlines and this week headlines. Uh, I want to first start the show off. Um, stating that we're sending our prayers out to former Chicago Bear D. lineman William Refrigerated Perry that was hospitalized last week with complications from Guillain-Barr syndrome, which is a rare rare condition that attacks your nervous cells that supports the muscle. However, the reports came out this week that he's in good condition. Uh, Since uh, the fridge is a part of the football fraternity, I kind of wanted to let him know that we are praying for him and hoping for a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Not only was he a lineman, Lamont, but he was an excellent, excellent goal line running back. And, uh, yeah, our prayers definitely go out to him. Yeah, he had the opportunity to score that touchdown in the 1985 Super Bowl, uh, kind of put himself on the map there. But, uh, again, he's recovering well, and we just want to send our prayers out to him. Jake, well, a lot of deals was doing, being done last week in the NFL, a lot of contract extensions, a lot of trades. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, one of the trades that jumped out to me last week, kind of led to – uh, the NFL going into the draft with the Tony Gonzalez trade, former Kansas City tight end, was traded to the Atlanta Falcons. In return, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs gets the second-round draft pick in 2010. I like this trade, Jacob, for two reasons. Tony Gonzalez has been a consistent player, putting up solid numbers, and been to the Pro Bowl ten, uh, ten times out of his career. And, this, and the second uh, reason why I like it, the trade addresses the, the Falcons' top need at, uh, for another offensive weapon for the uh, rookie of the year, Matt Ryan. Well, Lamont, one thing that it does for Atlanta, 
Uh, you know, it, it's definitely going to take some of the DBs away, you know, away from the wide receivers because, you know, Tony Gonzalez is the type of guy that can get open in the secondary. And, you know, th- there are some linebackers in the league that can stay with him. But, you know what, that safety is definitely going to concentrate on him coming off the line. And it's definitely going to help Mike Ryan, you know, throwing the football downfield. Yeah. Uh, with his leadership, Tony Gonzalez's leadership uh, in the league and, and this experience, I think this clearly makes Atlanta a, a strong a contender in the NFC South division heading into uh, the 2009 season. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Last week, Jake DeLone, Carolina Panthers, gave Jake DeLone a, a contract extension last week. The deal was somewhere between Jacob five years, $42 million, uh, $20 million guaranteed money. Jacob, when I first heard this deal, I was shocked. Coming off a poor performance last year in the NFC Championship game, and Jake DeLone being 34 years old, I thought the Panthers would, would draft a quarterback last week in the draft, but I was kind of surprised that they invested some more money into Jake DeLone. Well, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still their number one guy, and for you to bring a new guy in, you're pretty much telling the team that you're getting ready to start over. I think they have some, some really, really good weapons, and I thought their draft choices was pretty good. I mean, they picked up a wide receiver that's probably going to help, you know, Steve Smith on the outside. So I think they were more committed to having the experience in the backfield at the quarterback position, at that leadership position, and, and I, I thought it was a great way. I thought it was a great move on their part to sign their guy that has no, that knows that offense. Yeah, yeah, it says a lot about the organization, the front office, about how uh, loyalty and, 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 and committed they are to Jake alone. Let's go ahead and uh, move into the Tory Holt situation. He got signed, picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He signed a three-year deal last uh, last week, giving them four million dollars in guarantee. And the most important part, he, he's now their number one receiver. Uh, with all the problems that he had in St. Louis last year, Jacob uh, and, and and Jacksonville signing, re-signing Maurice Jones-Drew, I think this is a good fit for Torrey Hope uh, this season uh, with his experience as far as winning Super Bowls with the Rams, as well as bringing a positive presence in the locker room with the bad history they had with the previous wide receivers they invested in. Well, one thing you know about Jacksonville is, you know, they were definitely in the market for a wide receiver, and I thought this was a great move on their part. I mean, you're getting a guy that has been in the league for a long time, you're getting experience, and you're getting a guy who's probably going to show some leadership in the locker room as well. This, to me, this was a great move by Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about a topic here, a headline from last week that you normally don't hear in the, in the NFL, but... And when it came out last week, I said, oh, this would be a great storyline for the show. Uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, wide receiver Reggie Wayne agreed to restructure his contract to make room for a salary cap for next year. Jacob, I, I like this from a, from a player standpoint. It was a smart move from a player standpoint and from a business standpoint. First, from a player standpoint, after Marvin Harrison uh, was released last uh, in February, it kind of made Reggie Wayne the number one uh, wide receiver on the team as well as the leader in that unit to show the young guys how important team unity is. And second, from the business standpoint, players frequently don't restructure their contract, but when they do, they pretty much accept more bonus money up front and lower their annual salary. So I like it from a business standpoint because he gets more money up front now, and then the NFL contracts are not guaranteed, so you can't really bank on those. 
well, Lamont, you, you usually you don't find guys restructuring their contracts to help the organization. You know, more guys, you know, they're concerned about, you know, what they're getting in return for their services. But, again, you know, this just shows you the class of what type of guy this is. And, and you know, he's definitely one of the key, you know, offensive weapons for the Colts. And this was just a good move on his part and a good move for the organization uh, in a whole. Yeah. Speaking of contracts, uh, the new uh, NFLPA Executive Director DeMarcus, uh, DeMarie Smith, uh, is pretty much working without a contract. You know, he, since he was hired seven weeks ago to succeed Gene Upshaw that passed away uh, last year, uh, he pretty much been on the grind, man. He's been hitting, hitting the ground running since he was hired, since he was uh, elected in by the committee. And I love guys like this, uh, uh, Jacob, like uh, DeMarcus, uh, DeMarie's, because uh, he sees the, big, the bigger picture which is the NFLPA, and uh, now that they're going into the 2009 season heading in 2010, they got to uh, have some kind of negotiation start for the new collecting bargain agreement. Um, I, I really like this. It really shows that he's a team guy uh, despite not being on the contract. Yeah, Lamont, you know, for this guy to go in running and, and, and take over that position that was left by the late Gene Upshaw, you know, just speaks volumes for, you know, what type of character and what type of person the the uh the uh union has, has uh leading them. So so this was a good move on his part. Yeah, yeah. Now Jacob, we always touch about the bonehead section of the of of the show every year. I mean every week we kinda of touch on somebody that they make some kind of bonehead decision or or, or mistake. And we're not really coming down on the players, but we're just trying to, you know, address the issue. Uh, last week, Jimmy Smith, former Jacksonville Jaguar wide receiver, was charged with drug, drug possession. Uh, Jimmy played 10 years in league, uh, Jacob, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but for some reason he was never able to shake his drug issues. Uh, I hope this time around he gets his act together from uh, either consulting with a spiritual coach or counsel or, or, or somebody before he loses everything. Well, Lamont, you know, former Jackson State player, uh, you know, man, yeah. You know, once guys, you know, are out of the league, man, it, but, you know, the, the guy needs to surround himself with some positive people, and this is something that we talk about week in and week out about all the problems off the field. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, you know, guys needs to surround himself with some good people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first thing first, he needs to accept help. You know, you can't help somebody that's not willing to help themselves. So, if if he accept help and admit that he has a problem, then I think he can move forward and 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 kind of get himself back together. Speaking of guys getting himself back together, Roger Cadell came out last week, Jacob, making a statement about Mike Vick, stating that uh, Mike had paid a, a significant price for the acts that he committed last year, and before he reinstate Mike Vick, he wanted to see some kind of general 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 remorse. I'm sorry, I'm kind of tongue tied today, but he wanted to see some kind of remorse from him. Stating that he's sorry and he changed he changed his ways uh, after spending 23 months in prison. Well, you know what, Lamont. You know, I, I think it's good for Roger Goodell to say, you know what, we, it sounds like he's saying that we're going to welcome him back. But before we do that, you know, we want him to apologize to everyone. And I'm almost certain, you know, based on you know you know the living that Michael Vick could earn if he returns. Those attorneys are going to write something up, and, and, you know, I'm sure he's going to have something to say showing how remorseful he is uh, in reference to his acts uh, prior to him, you know, going to, uh, going to prison. So, uh, you know, he's out May 22nd. He has home confinement, and, you know, we're looking forward to uh, seeing Mike Vick not only back in front of, the, you know, the mics, but on the field as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Then, then this week, earlier this week, Tony Dungy made a statement. I think he made a statement last Saturday stating that he was going to visit Mike Vick in prison, uh, not to talk about football, but about life. And I love, I love this. I like, I like Tony Dungy first and foremost, and I love this move by Tony Dungy. Uh, Tony's a man with high integrity, uh, you know, spirituality. He's there. He's, you know, he wrote a book. I bought, I purchased his book. But not just that, Jacob. He's a father that a couple of years ago that went through some adversity. His son committed suicide, and for a guy that actually been through a situation like that and, stand, and still standing tall and believing in uh, the faith that he believes in, really speaks volumes. I think he can kind of get a gauge on where Mike Vick is mentally uh, as well as spiritually. Well, you know what, Lamont, speaking of Tony Dungy, I mean, here's a class act. I mean, here's a guy who didn't have to go and sit down and talk to Mike Vick because he has nothing to gain from Mike Vick. But going to Mike Vick and speaking to him about adversities in life, and, you know, I thought he was a great person to do it. When I first heard this story, it just spoke volumes about, you know, Tony Dungy. And for okay. him to go to Mike Vick and sit down and talk about adversity, you know, just speaks volume about his character, integrity, yeah. and the type of man that he is. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to take a short break. After this break, we'll come back talk about the Houston, Texas traffic, as well as my interviews with Indy Kalu. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports well i was out with my girlfriends the other night on my way back to my car a guy jumped out from behind an suv fortunately i had my taser from spyunlimited.com that was a close one the tools you need to protect yourself are right here. SpyUnlimited.com carries non-lethal self-defense weapons such as stun guns, pepper sprays, and tasers to help you defend and protect yourself and family when you need it most. You'll also find a large inventory of top quality professional supplies for security and law enforcement agencies, home, child, and personal alarms, asset protection, hidden safes, spy gear, and other unique gifts and gadgets. Call us at 1-323-515-458. Or click on the SpyUnlimited.com banner on this internet channel. Internet channel. Internet channel. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannibals. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of its canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Goes He's 
You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob had the opportunity this past weekend to attend the Houston, Texas Media Draft Conference. It's kind of like a draft party, and they invited the local media uh, out to uh, hear the picks and, and be able to interact with the coaches and, and the future draft picks. Man, it was a great experience covering sports from the media side. Now I'm involved with this radio show. I had the opportunity to network with the local media correspondents there as well as interact with the uh, within the press conference with the coaches. Um, like if you haven't, I know you know Jacob. But for all the listeners out there, the Texans made uh, their first round pick. They had a 15 overall pick in the first round, and with that first pick, they they picked six foot three, two forty three, strong side linebacker out of USC, uh, Brian Cushing. Jacob, I love that pick, man. You know me, been a defensive player, former defensive player, loving linebackers. I like Brian Cushing because he's very aggressive. He brings a high intensity to the game. And he's a great player to compliment all pro linebacker uh, D'Amico Ryan. Well, Lamont, let me tell you also what he brings. He brings a great frame to the game, but he also brings a lot of speed to the game. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on that outside linebacker spot. I think, uh, you know, with that pick, the Texans upgraded their linebacking status to, I, I mean, to probably one of the best in the NFL, but he's definitely going to add. Uh, he's definitely going to add some excitement to that defense for the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we go into the, I had an opportunity to to kind of do a conference call with Brian Cushing when he was drafted uh, after he was drafted by the Texans. But my engineer Mike is telling me that we got a call on the line. Our first caller for the show, Jacob. So we want to get her on uh, Amber out of Houston. So Mike, if you go ahead, and you can patch her in to the show. Hi. Hey, how you doing, Amber? Welcome, Amber. Thank you. I have a question about the Texans. Okay. I know the Texans drafted a lot of defensive players, but what are they? What are they going to do to enhance their offense this year to score more points? Well, great question, Amber. When we had when I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to the um, Rick Rick Smith, the general manager, as well as Gary Kubiak, the coach. They felt like they had key players in place, uh, uh, good offensive players in place. They needed to have to have backup players to kind of support those key players. Uh, one of the guys that they drafted, me and Jacob, we will talk about a little bit later, is James Casey, a hometown guy from Rice University. They like his uh, flexibility. They like his athleticism. And they feel like he will bring kind of sort of like what Miami did last year with the Wildcat offense, kind of playing them at an H-back as well as tight end and just, you know, putting them down on the special team. So they're excited about some of the offensive players they already have in place, as well as the draft pick, James Casey, they just picked up from Rice University. Okay, that sounds great. I hope the Texans do well this year with all the draft picks. They, they will. Um, I think they, they made some great, solid foundation picks, 
and they're putting they, they're building their team through the draft, which is, that's what the draft is. The whole purpose of the draft is to build through the draft. So I think they're they putting the right pieces in place. Now the guys got to show up and, and step up. So we appreciate you calling in, Amber, and uh, keep listening to the show. Hey, Lamar, I have a question for Amber. Okay. Yes. Are you satisfied with the picks that the Houston Texans made this year? Yes, I was excited because um, I'm glad that they picked the hometown guy from Rice. I hope that he's able to make the final cut of the team, the final as it's 64, I believe, or however many they keep. I hope that he makes it. Um, I was impressed. I was just a little disappointed because I'm always looking for some offense so that we can actually make it to the playoffs. So I, was, I know that the defense will help but I was hoping that we would have gotten some offensive players, a few more people to help out with wide receivers, and especially a running back, because actually I can't even tell you who our running back is. So I was hoping to get a new player. Okay, well, his name is Steve Slayton, and they're looking to, they picked up a couple more backs out of the free agent market. So, uh, But they, they really like Steve. Well, Steve Slayton had a great year last year, as well as Chris Brown is coming back off of injuries that they picked up from Tennessee. But... Uh, we're pre- again, Amber. We appreciate you calling and continue to listen to the show, uh, Mike. Uh, if you if, if you can, Mike, go ahead and roll that my conference call I had with Brian Cushing uh, from last pa- from this past weekend. Coach Frank Bush talked about your leadership. How would you think that? Uh, how would you think you would be able to fit in with all pro linebacker Demico Ryan? You know, uh, you know, just coming in and really trying to make an impact from day one. You know, uh, you know, I know that's why I'm a reason I'm a first-round linebacker, first-round pick, and uh, you know, that's important to me. Come in and, and try to make an impact amongst the linebackers around me. Another question. Uh, tell us a little bit. Do you, you think it would be a problem going from strong side linebacker to weak side linebacker now in the NFL? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of both. And I felt comfortable at all those positions. So, you know, I don't see why not. And, uh, you know, like I said, even when I'm just, you know, no matter uh, how I can help the football team uh, win more games. I got one more question for you, and I'm done. Uh, last couple of years you struggled with some, some injuries. Uh, do you think that would be a factor here now that you're, you're with the Texans? No, I don't think so. You know, I'm going to play hard, and uh, I've taken care of my body all these four years. So, you know, I'm looking forward to a healthy, uh, long career. Man, Jacob, this, this again, I can't reiterate. This guy is a great pick, great solid pick for the Houston Texans. Uh, you, have, you heard me ask him a few questions about his injuries. Uh, really not really concerned, but I just want to throw that out there to him so we can, uh, so the listeners out there and the fans can know that, hey, this guy had a couple of injuries the last couple of years. Nothing major, but he's able to bounce back from those injuries, and he's going to bring that toughness, uh, blue-collar work mentality to the, to the Houston Texans. Yeah, he seems to be a uh, pretty, pretty sound person. Uh, but, again, like I said, you know, Lamont, I really like his athleticism uh, that he brings to that position. I think he's going to help the Texans a whole lot next year. Yeah, and their second round came around out there, and the Texans had the 46 pick, and they picked 6'3", 253, 253-pound uh, defense in out of Cincinnati. His name is Connor Baldwin. Um, First thing that came to my mind was versatility. Jacob, excellent pass rusher. Uh, he'd be a great player to play opposite of, of, of Mario Williams. And most important, Jacob, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but he, he played last year under my coach that coached me at Howard, uh, Coach Gilliam. So I know Coach got him coached up ready for the NFL to make that transition. So uh, this guy right here is solid, uh, a great asset to, to the defense as well. Well, you know what? Like I said, Lamont, again, I think the, te- the Texans are putting players, athletes, 
or athleticism in very, very key positions. And this guy is going to bolster a defensive line that is pretty much beginning to come into its own. So I think the, you know the Texans added some great pieces, but he's just gonna I mean he's just gonna add you know more to a defensive line that is on the rise. Yeah, well I'm gonna go ahead and I had an opportunity to have a conference call with uh, Connor as well, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask my uh, the engineer Mike go ahead and roll that interview real quick. Hey Connor, this is Lee Williams. Hey Connor, this is Lee Williams, Voice American Sports Network. Hey, uh, hey how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, congratulations on your pick. Thank you, thank you. Hey, uh, one question. Uh, the coach, uh, Coach Kubiak, uh, stated that you will be playing more defensive end instead of outside linebacker. Tell us a little bit how uh, that adjustment from playing only one year on the defensive side will be now that you're in the NFL. Well, I'm excited. I mean, I, like like you said, I played that defensive end position uh, in one, my last year here in college. Um, and I was pretty productive doing it. I was... I was good because I could rush the passer, so you know that's the same kind of thing I need to bring at the next level, and I think that's what they want me to do. Okay. Now, where are you on your technique, as far as on the on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, you think there's still room to improve on, on on your technique now that you be playing defensive end? Oh, I think there's definitely room to improve, um, but I think everybody coming in the NFL has room to improve. Um, but I think you know I got 12 sacks on you know sometimes just playing hard and playing fast, so I think my technique can only get better, so I'm excited about uh, what's going to happen. Connor Baldwin, uh, looking forward to kind of seeing what uh, Brian Cushing and Connor Baldwin would do this uh, during the OTAs that starts on May 18th. The Texans have also uh, shook up the draft a little bit in the later rounds, drafting two hometown tight ends. Jacob, they drafted in the fourth round. Uh, Anthony Hill out of Clearbrook High School plays Played at uh, North Carolina State. Great, great, good, real good run blocker. Uh, the Texans had some issues last year blocking the Sam linebacker in that conference, so he's a great asset when they picked him up. As well as in the fifth round, they picked up James Casey, as we stated earlier, from Rice University. Outstanding athlete, makes a lot of, lot of big plays. So these guys are, are, are two tight ends, but two different ones. One a blocking tight end and James Casey, athletic, catching tight end. Right, I had a chance had a chance to uh, uh, see a lot of uh, James Casey since we you know we're here in Houston, and uh, you, you're right with his athleticism and his his, his skills at blocking. He's definitely going to help the Texans uh, from from that uh, tight end standpoint. Yeah, these guys can come in, and uh, one thing I asked them, I asked them their goals, what's their goals heading into this year, and, and they pretty much said make an immediate impact. But I also told them that, uh, oh, they also stated, I'm sorry that. It was, they wanted to make an impact on special teams. So that, that really stands out to me, that these guys are willing to come in and not contribute on the offensive side of the ball, but as well as on the special teams. Jake, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, now that the draft is over, with well, one minute before we head to break, what is, what is your overall grade? Then i give you my overall grade of the uh, Texans uh, draft picks. I would give the Texans a B plus. Okay, that, that's pretty fair. I, I end up giving them a B-, minus, uh, simply because uh, – you know, you build your team through the draft, as I stated earlier, and the Texans made some good, some good foundation picks uh, to compete this season, as well as uh, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to notice around the AFC South division, which we'll pretty much cover when the season kicks off. But the coach also picked up a running back, Donald Brown, out of uh, Connecticut. The Jacksonville Jaguars, again, I stated earlier, they resigned Jones Drew. They picked up O-tackle uh, Eugene Monroe. 
and the, and the Titans picked up another uh, weapon to add to their offense to complement their running game. So pretty much the AFC division, South division, this year is going to be a blue-black division, man. It's going to be a lot of smash-mouth football, a lot of hard-nosed football, and these guys uh, and the Texans are really gearing up for that. Right. I, you know, I, one one of the concerns that I have from the, for the Texans is, you know, like Amber said earlier, finding someone to assist Steve Slayton in that running back position. Uh, but other than that, they should be a really, really good offensive team. Yeah. Well, coming up after this break, I'm going to play my interview from last week with former Texans defensive end Indy Kalu, as well as talk about the Houston Rockets in our fourth segment. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports life can be full of risks one thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance if you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance you need to make this free call right now and see how the mega life and health insurance company can help you get it we specialize in helping the self-employed and individuals just like you who need affordable health insurance to get it so call us right now 888-459-4825 888-459-4825 Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or an individual and you need affordable health insurance, call us now and see how we can help you. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. 888-459-4825. Home office, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Not available in all states. Benefits may vary by state. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, uh... uh as we had, I mean, last week, as I was at the uh, draft conference for the Houston Texans, uh, ran into an old player, not an old player, but he's a former player of the Houston Texans, uh, Indy Kalu, former defensive end for the Houston Texans, Indy Kalu. And he's now doing a little bit of work as well in the media with the Houston Chronicle, as well as um, uh, 610, the local radio station here. Uh, I, I had an opportunity between breaks to, to interview him about right after the Texans made their pick with Brian Cushion. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the, uh, our engineer, Mike, to go ahead and roll that if he can. This is Lemont Williams, host of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. Today I met the uh, Houston Texans media draft party, had the opportunity to interview Indy Kalu. Indy, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's my first year not playing, so I'm enjoying the draft as a fan, and it's exciting being up here. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump into the draft. Uh, uh, you was drafted back in 1997. It's a 22 pick by the Washington Redskins. Kind of take us through your head a little bit, what you was thinking back in uh, back in 97 when uh, you got that call from uh, from the Redskins. Believe it or not, because I was a fifth-round pick. You know, okay. I was number 152. Uh, I knew I was going to be a late-round pick, and I, I might even go free agency. So I didn't get too caught up in the draft. Uh, my thing coming out of Rice, I just wanted to get into a camp, but I knew once I got into a camp, I'd be able to prove myself. So uh, a long-winded answer to your question, during the draft, I was actually playing Sega back then. I'm showing my age and uh, playing basketball outside. Then my mom yelled out the window, you got a call. So it, it wasn't as glamorous as some of the guys that we're seeing get drafted today. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wasn't able to get drafted. I, I signed as a free agent with the Redskins, so we got ties there. Uh, we're here at the, here at the uh, draft draft party for the Houston Texans. Texans select their 15 pick, Brian Cushion. Give us a little, uh, uh, give us your opinion on what you think about Brian Cushion and how he make will make an impact for the Texans this year on defense. I've read up on the guy. I've heard him speak at interviews, and I've seen some film, and I like the pick. Uh, the Houston Texans, they're known for being a bunch of good guys on the field. Now, I'm not saying this guy's a bad character, but he's one of these mean guys that if you're playing against him, you can't stand him, but if you're playing with him, you love him as a teammate. So I really like the pick. He looks the part. He's physical. I mean, he's a 6'3", 250-pound outside linebacker. He can put his hand down and rush. So I think they made the right decision. I was a little surprised just because I thought they were going to go after Matthews, but I, I really like this pick, and I think this guy's going to be good for years to come. Yeah, uh his bio and his history a little bit shows that he injury prone the last couple of years. He's been through some injuries at UNC. You think that will play a factor now that he's uh, was selected by the Houston Texans? Unless he had a major injury, I don't play too much. Uh, I don't put too much stock into the whole injury 
injury prone because football is such a rough sport. I mean, to me, it's more of a surprise when somebody goes through a whole season without missing any time due to injury. But unless he had those major surgeries like ACL or reconstructive shoulder, I don't think that his injuries in the past would be too much of a concern. But that's just my opinion. But, um, you know, just hearing that he's a gym rat, that's what I really like because he's doing the things that he has to do off the field to stay on the field, then I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and move into uh, we, we had mentioned earlier about now that you're a free agent, first offseason uh, without playing football. Uh, on my show a little bit, I talk about transition because um, uh, you know, one day all players will have to go through that transition. And uh, I noticed that you're here, you're doing some work with 610, the local station here as well, uh, the Houston Chronicle. Uh, tell the listeners out there a little bit of how you're starting now to prepare for your off the field uh, activities, uh, e- either within business or, or anything of that nature. Well, the thing is, I didn't start now um, coming out of Rice, being a fifth-round pick. I didn't expect to play for 12 years, so I started as soon as I got drafted. I started getting ready for life after football. And what I did, I took advantage of all the NFL entrepreneurial programs that they have in the offseason. I think I went to four of them all together. Uh, I got my real estate license five, six years ago. Now I'm a broker. I bought 50 houses that I rent out just because it's, uh, the rentals bringing in income. So I'm not making those NFL checks, but... Hopefully, you're not going to be reading about me uh, going bankrupt either. So, you know, I've been setting up and going to Rice, living in Houston. I have a lot of contacts. So it's just been a great blessing just having people help me transition right into business since football was over. So I'm enjoying it, and I think that's why it's easy to make that decision. You know, it's uh, not something that I was going to go out there and play until I was embarrassing myself. I felt like this was the time to retire. I had a chance to go to a couple of camps, but I just don't have the fire to go try to prove myself anymore. And I think because I would set myself up for business over the past few years, it let me make the decision and I let the team make a decision for me. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that, man. But I appreciate the short interview. Uh, I know we, we're between commercial breaks of the draft right now, so let's get back to business at hand. But I, I wish you much success this year, man, and uh, we stay in contact. And uh, I wish you much luck. And I like what you're doing. You know, I, I wish you luck in just uh, hearing your background and hearing what you're doing with, with your show. I, I'm just impressed. And, I, you know, I tell everybody out there listening to you, they need to tell a friend and, you know, <laughs> just let it grow because what you're doing, you know the experience. I like the perspective that you're, you're a player. You know what these guys go through. So, you know, you're not one of these pencil pushers who's never played the game. So I really, you know, would advise everybody to tell a friend to listen to your show because you know what you're talking about. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, this Indy. Kalu, Houston, Texas defense, former Houston, Texas defense end. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Jacob, again, another outstanding interview. It's out there. You know me. I'm the, I'm the king of networking, so I'm, I get out there and I mix it up with everybody. And, and, and just what happened, Indy showed me some love. So I want to uh, say thanks to Indy Kalu. He said he was going to check out the show tonight, so I appreciate the time. Jacob, let's, let's, uh, let's jump back into the draft uh, before we close out this segment. I want to. Uh, talk about other teams now that we, we kind of knocked out our primary team, which is the Houston Texans. Uh, let's, let's talk about the, uh, our surprise pick of the 2009 draft. I'm going to go ahead and give you my surprise picks, then I'm going to go ahead and uh, sit back and hear yours. I'm going to state the obvious. Matt, Matt, uh, Mark Sanchez <laughs> going to, going to uh, the New York Jets. Uh, Darius Haywood Bay going to Oakland. I was really surprised that the 49ers picked up Michael Crabtree but out of all the, the top draft picks in the first round, I was shocked that Minnesota got uh, Percy Harvin. I think that uh, once that report came out earlier this week about him uh, failing, the, failing the, uh, the drug test there at the combine, 
and uh, knowing that the league and a lot of teams are really careful as far as picking players with bad history, I was really surprised that Minnesota rolled the dice on Percy Harvin. Well, I tell you what, you know what, your surprise pick with uh, Mark Sanchez was my surprise pick. Uh, I, I I I thought the Jets was going to be, you know, maybe go to the free agency thing and and find a quarterback that way. But uh, moving up and picking uh, Mark Sanchez was was somewhat of a surprise. Minnesota pick with uh, with a uh, Harvin, Percy Harvin. I don't, you know, Lamont. In a way, he's a great pickup to me. He reminds me a lot of Reggie Bush. And uh, you know, you have Tavares Jackson back there, and I'm sure they're going to go ahead and find another quarterback. But he just—that's another offensive weapon that guys can't or defenses can't concentrate on Adrian Peterson. So now it opens up their offense a little bit more. So I thought that was a great pick on their part. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doubting his skills and his talent level. He's—he's he's a talented individual, and I think he's going to do well in his rookie year. But I just—I uh, just thought that was kind of odd for them to uh, kind of, you know, Minnesota and their organization never. Uh, Holly ever take chances on players like that, but uh, from what I've been hearing, that uh, head coach over there had to get approval from the owners before they drafted his kid. So they they really focusing on making it to the Super Bowl this year uh, and adding weapons to the offense. Let's go ahead and move into the most disappointing picks uh, of uh, of the 2009 draft. My most disappointed pick had to be Jacob Andre Smith, old lineman out of Alabama that got picked up by Cincinnati. Not from a talent standpoint, but from a negative body of work standpoint, uh, you know, this kid made a couple bad decisions, left the combine early, as well as um, uh, fired his agent two or three days before the draft. And, you know, going from that situation in college, now he's going to Cincinnati where everything over there is a mess as far as front office to uh, uh, Chad Ochocinco, uh, Johnson, I guess it's Johnson now, but Chad Ochocinco, he changed his name to Chad Ochocinco. And just that whole organization is a mess. I really don't see a guy like Andre Smith need to come in a situation where he has, like, in my opinion, like a, a Bill Parcells or somebody that can kind of stand behind him and, and be firm, you know? Well, Lamont, it sounds like you're saying Cincinnati doesn't have structure uh, within their organization. But, uh, you know, in a way, I agree uh, with what you're saying. You know, the guy went exile when, you know, at the uh, NFL Combines, and, you know, uh, he did some things that others that you would think wasn't uh, 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 the decision of a prudent person. And, uh, you know, for Cincinnati, I mean, they have so many problems going on in Cincinnati, and for them to pick this guy, it uh, seems like they're just pretty much adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, Marvin Lewis, man, uh, uh, great coach, great guy. Uh, but I just want to see, you know, he he picked some 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 bad guys, some bad seeds last couple of years, and in in return they end up turning on them as far as off the field incidents and and other things. So we'll we'll see. We'll give the guy a shot. But I really thought that was a bad bad decision by them. But going into thirty seconds before I break, Jacob. Uh, Give or take, uh, would you, how do you think um, um, Matt Stafford would do this year with the Detroit Lions? How many wins do you think, real quick? Uh, I'm going to say two. And, and let me just say this. I would not have made him my first pick. I think I would have traded and got some other draft picks to add to my team. Uh, but I'm going to say two. All right, cool. I'll, say, I'll go on the limb and say four. But uh, we'll be right back after this short break. 
We'll come back, talk about the Houston Rockets, playoff game four and five, as well as wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice American Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports what's it like what's it like it's lonely it's really lonely i miss my brother i miss my brother i'm surrounded by other people but it's not the same i've got other people around me but it's not the same it's pretty scary, but I don't let it it's rattle me. It's pretty scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, this is our last segment, our shortest segment. You know, I, I really like for us to go a little bit longer, but uh, I got to get with Ray on that one. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the Houston Rockets playoff games from this past weekend and this week. Uh, playoff game four, uh, Yao Ming had a solid double-double game, Jacob. Uh, Rockets was able to squeeze a home win by one point. Again, Louis Scola and Shane Battier stepped up big in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Lamont, it was a you know it was a situation where the uh, Rockets had a chance to uh, take a, you know take some advantage into this uh, from this from this series and playing at home. And uh, uh, Yao, uh, you know, he just really played big at home. Uh, Shane Battier with his defense and the uh, Rockets, uh, uh, won, you know, won that fourth game here in Houston. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of complaining from the coaches on both sides about officiating, but all in all, I think the officiating is doing a decent job. But and actually, I think the coaches got fined uh, 25k, $25,000 a piece. So there's uh, been a lot of complaining back and forth about the officiating. But game five was last night. Jacob stayed up late watching that game. It was a dogfight all the way through. The Rockets stayed, stayed in it, but they ended up losing another role, uh, role playoff game. Uh, Louis Scola, which is my opinion, the – MVP of the playoffs, and for the Houston Rockets, ever since Trace McGrady went down, uh, played pretty well. He, had, I think, he had 21 points. But uh, the Rockets, I mean, the Rockets, for some reason, cracked in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, and couldn't pull it off. Well, Lamont, you know, playing at the Rose Garden, it was a must-win game for the, uh, you know, for the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. You know, if the Rockets win that game, the series is over. So, you know, they got some home cooking there. Uh, Nate McMillan complained to the league office; he was fined twenty-five thousand for his comments regarding uh, the officials. Uh, you know, but hey, he got you know a little bit of home cooking in that uh, game five, and you know the uh, Port- Portland Trail Blazers pulled that one out. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if they choked or what. You know, a lot of people saying they choke. I just think without without T now we're starting to see that we're missing T Mac Tracy McGrady. I'm sorry. Now we're starting to see because every team has to have a a Brandon Roy or a Tracy McGrady. And when you get close in those games, you know they can double down on Yao front them from the front side and as well on the back side. And you know where they can refuse him getting the ball down low. You need a guy to kind of like a Kobe Bryant or like again a reiterate Tracy Mac. I mean Tracy McGrady where he can just take the ball from the top. Penetrate, and if they double down on him, he can dish out to the to the wing like a Battier or a Scola, and, and they can hit the three and kind of bring it home. Well, I disagree with you on that one, Lamont. I, hey, man, you know I think the team is doing really well without Trace McGrady, and you know Vaughn Wafer is picking up the offense. Some of the guys are coming off of the bench and you know picking up the offense, and I I think the team is in a great position. Uh, you know there you know there was you know they had a chance. In the third, going into the fourth quarter last night to win that game, it's just unfortunately, I think they ran out of gas, and and you know with the home cooking that Portland, you know Portland got, I think uh, it upended the uh, Rockets. But you know they're coming back home, and I think we're going to be okay. Well, don't get me wrong; they're playing well with, without Trace McGrady. But this is where Trace McGrady will earn this, well, I think seventeen million, something like that, he makes this year, because you know in the playoffs, big time players step up. And T Mac, you know, he was he would step up, in my opinion, in, in those type of situations, kind of putting the team on his back. So the the team is doing well. Von Wafer is doing well off the bench. Uh, Landry is doing well, and uh, Chuck Chuck Hayes is playing well as a defensive specialist. But I just think you know every team has that guy, that dog 
that when it's time to let him go, he let go and, and he carries the team and put him on their back. I, yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's go ahead and talk a little bit. While we have four minutes before the end of the segment, let's go or the end of the show. Let's go ahead and talk a little about some other teams. Uh, Jacob, uh, a playoff series that I fell in love with now that I didn't at the beginning is the Celtics, Boston Celtics versus Chicago Bulls. It reminds me of the old days with Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. Man, this is this is this is classic right here. You you really can't. You know, you can't really turn the TV off. When I watched that game the other night when um, they played in Chicago, man, it was a great game. Well, I tell you what, Lamar, I heard that it was a great game last night as well, and you're right. Uh, out of all the series that are going on right now, man, that Boston-Chicago series is probably one of the most interesting series uh, that is being played. It's my understanding that it went into overtime, and, and, and this is actually the fourth overtime in this series. So uh, it's definitely a dog fight between uh, between two really really good teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. They played. I think they played in Boston last night, not in in Chicago. But man, it, it was a great game. Uh, uh, I want to see. I really want to see how uh, Rose Rose is really. He started off well at the beginning of the series, a playoff series, dropping 36 at the beginning. But now, as 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 the series is going on, I'm wondering if he's starting to feel that. You know how they say the rookie hits the wall. Uh, with long games coming from college to pro. So I wonder if he's starting to hit that wall as far as his body's getting fatigued because the other night he was making uh, mental errors, tripping over his own, own feet and, and stuff like that, driving to the hole. So I really want to know if he's fatigued or if the, if the Celtics is throwing a different look at him. Well, I think the Celtics are throwing a different look at him. Uh, you know, in the first one or two, two games uh, in the series, I think teams are trying to figure out the other teams, even though they play each other during the regular season, you know, teams try and change things up, you know, when the playoffs starts. And I think what what happened is both teams are trying to figure each other out, and now they have figured each other out. He's beginning to uh, feel some of the defensive pressure uh, coming from Boston. Yeah. Uh, another game that comes on tonight is the New Orleans Hornets versus the Denver Nuggets. Really haven't paid attention to that game like, like I was supposed to, but uh... – uh, every time I, I turn the game on or look at some highlights, all I see is uh, Carmelo Anthony doing this thing. So <laughs> if it's not Carmelo Anthony, it's, it's, it's Chauncey Billups. And so, I think well, Lamont, you know what? I think, you know what, this may be the most boring series out of all the series that are going on. Uh, for some apparent reason, you're right. I, I just cannot get into this Detroit-New Orleans, uh, I'm sorry, Denver-New Orleans uh, series but, you know, I'm picking Denver to go ahead and win that series. Yeah, yeah. I think last night, um, uh, the Nug- I mean, the, the uh, Dallas Mavericks finished off the San Antonio Spurs, which I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised. They ended up winning four games to one. Do you think it's time to kind of start, start a new mission or start a new, uh, a new way of doing things down in San Antonio? Because, I, I don't know, uh, uh, Coach Popovich down there, you know, he's been winning and been successful for a long time, but now it's starting to look like their their age is starting to catch up with them. Well, I don't know if age is catching up with them. You've got to understand that they did not have uh, Ginobili uh, 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 for most of the season because of an injury. Uh, you know, but Dallas did what, you know, a good playoff team would do. They go ahead, they went ahead and uh, finished off the uh, San Antonio Spurs, knowing the type of condition that they were in without Ginobili. But I think they'll be fine next year. Yeah. Man, Jacob, at that time, I want to thank everybody for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth.
Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.